You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to AV Underground, the podcast where we talk to you about what it's like getting started as a content creator to try and provide you some guidance through that process. I'm Josh Needham, and I'm here today with... Oh, one second, I was yawning. Uh, a yawning MJ Watson. <laughs> MJ Watson, as always, yep. So you'll have to excuse me. I do have uh, a mint going on in my mouth. So if I if I rattle it all against my teeth, I apologize. Yeah, we're, re- we're really battling we're in through a, this episode. We're in a strange uh, position right now. I'm actually going to start today talking a little bit about um, creators and burnout. And not to say that I'm in a state of burnout, but I find that a lot of times by the time I get through my work week and I'm sitting here and we're ready to do podcasting. Now, I do a podcast on Friday and two podcasts on Saturday. I consider it two because I'm also kind of co-hosting yours yeah, yeah, and listening to really, talk about really sports. Do. And You've gotten way more into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of talking. It's very... Uh, I, it's structured. I don't mind doing it. It's not something that like stresses me out or anything. It's just, it is, it's part of my day. Um, but I, we've been talking a lot lately about, you know, a lot of content creators when they start out, the, one of the biggest things is you burn yourself out really quick because you feel like you're supposed to be on every platform doing everything all the time. And that's all you're supposed to focus on. And I wanted to start off today with a, a tweet that I read the other day from, uh, his his Twitter name right now is that's my secret captain. Uh, I'm always tactical, but as Mike, he used to do a show on YouTube with PBS. It was the PBS Idea Channel, and that show ended a while ago. And I still follow him on Twitter. And I'm just gonna read you verbatim what he put up the other day. And I felt that it really it spoke to me, and so I wanted to share it with you guys. He said the the problem of burnout in creatives, especially digital creatives, is real. Every conference, large and small, that I've been to in the last year has had a session and the attendees are looking increasingly desperate and haggard. Something is going to give. Friends who make things. I don't want to be your mom, but please eat, sleep, and relax. And please don't glorify your unhealthy work schedule. Your fans internalize that celebration and aspire to it. Or at least take a symbol of dedication. It's not, or not just. Everyone who's a fan of stuff, so basically everyone... Many creators push themselves because they're afraid they'll lose you if they're not constantly reasserting uh, their worth by overworking, especially if crowdfunding is involved. If you can, encourage and appreciate time off. Production companies and networks, your talent, catalog, reputation, and overall longevity will suffer by requiring dense upload schedules or by falling into uh, failing to disincentivize the impulse to overwork. Find different structures and revenue streams that don't rely on constant production. None of this is to say that we can't and shouldn't value hard work, or if you love what you do, that you should stop doing it. Only that we're a lot pre, uh, we are a lot predisposed to overwork, and there's a growing specter exacerbated by poor revenue models and the expectation that's just how it is. It's not, or it doesn't have to be. I love you all, and I want you all to make experience and support the production and distribution of beautiful things for as long as you can, without having anyone feel like they got to skip meals or sleep or trip to the beach. Okay, I'm done. You know the drill. Thanks for sticking around. And then he posts a picture of a red panda <laughs> to kind of calm everything down. And But that whole rant, I feel like it spoke to me because he's someone who's been on that side of things, you know, been on the creative end. And even with PBS idea channel, I'm pretty sure he had like a team working with him. It wasn't just him doing everything. And there is in today's society, both in regular nine to five jobs, as well as like 
creative jobs, there there is that stigma like you're supposed to push yourself to an unreasonable limit and work 100 hours a week, especially because every motivational thing that I've seen is talking about, oh, you got to have the hustle. You got to hustle yourself into 100 hours a week. Don't sleep. Don't eat until you're broken yourself yeah. and then push beyond it. You've got to be hungry, literally and, and figuratively. Right. And it's really not – it ties really well into uh, our conversation that I want to talk – get into about flow states about spending too much time trying to push work out of yourself. It's crazy. Like people just think that creators are this infinite well of creativity and we can draw on it whenever, but there is it flow states or creativity has a four step process. And like three of those steps are not creating. Yeah. So like there's a lot of time that goes on behind everything. You look at like the latest release, God of war. Um, move my mint around there. Um, <laughs> Sony Santa Monica spent the last five years working on perfecting this game. That's five years where they're not getting revenue from it. They're not generating an income. Now, their business model is probably set up. I don't know exactly, but I'm assuming that because they're a branch of Sony, they're making Sony exclusive products that Sony is funding, you know, employee paychecks and resources yeah. and everything else. But, you know, that's that's still all time that they're putting into it, that if this game flopped, they're out money. It's a kind of a what do they call that? Uh, I'm losing my words today. It's, it's the same, similar to the way that uh, the film industry works, where you know you borrow the money to fund to budget a film first, and then hope that it makes back what you've spent. Yeah, and they kind of have to run it the same way. And you know they took their time with it, and it sold 3.1 million copies in its first three days. It broke records. It is the number one fastest selling PlayStation exclusive game to date because of it. And, you know, people gave it glaring reviews or glowing reviews, I should say. Like, it's it's a beautiful game. It's well put together. And, you know, that's the product of dedication. Because they spent that much time working on it and they didn't feel pressured to put out a partially put together product or, you know, half of a game or something that's broken, that is going to forever live on in the minds of the people who played it and, you know, in society. Everyone's going to remember how great God of War was when it came out. And how they find like some company finally released a full product on launch and they put in a few finally. patches here and there. But like it's not people didn't have game breaking issues, yeah. to my knowledge, on day one, like which is that is an impressive feat. And it's game. harder to do like when we were talking with um, Denzel, where when you're making a game, you're not really in the public eye. You can choose to either spend your time kind of publicizing what you're doing and talking about it and not actually doing it <laughs> yeah. or doing it and not actually talking about it. And there's a lot of pressure to feel like you're supposed to be doing both. And I've been finding myself getting really borderline burnt on trying to figure out different strategies for, you know, making this a viable long-term brand for, for myself and the people I work with. You know, I want to be able not just to be able to say that I make an income doing what I'm doing with podcasting, with video content creation, with running my website. But I want to be able to bring people with me. You know, I don't want to work alone. Yeah, I like exactly. working with people like yourself, Jeff, Sarah, Annabelle, like the, all the people I get a chance to work with doing things for yeah, dude. And the people I get to collaborate with, I wish that I had the kind of money on me to just like, why don't you guys just quit your day jobs and we are going to like work, but also relax because yeah. I don't want to be the type of person that if I ever own a company, I'm going to work you in tooth and nail into the 
ground yeah tell you you're never taking a vacation you can't have time like i don't want to be that kind of a person because you know it's it's like it's like what you're saying because i get what you're saying because it's kind of um well just everything in general is what you're saying but like it's something i learned from my dad recently is i've started working my dad's a carpenter and uh he does he does his own jobs and i i sometimes i help him out and that's what i'm doing lately i've been helping out as a laborer and i remember like like you said like the whole like take like you want to take people with you so that you can give them like you want to be able to take your friends with you that you work with on your video game podcast and well, you're just all your podcasts in general because you want to be able to get the best out of their creativity and the best most out of them without having to push them to that point of fear. Right. I want to find that happy middle ground and to, to branch off into this a little bit. Let me let me talk to you guys a little bit about flow. Now, there was a podcast that I found this through uh, based off of a book. Um or rather, it's uh, called the New Man's Podcast. I've been listening to it for years, uh, hosted by this guy, Trip Lanier, and he's like a men's coach. And oh I, so I was listening to his podcasts, like, since he got into the hundreds of episodes, I think. So I'm just listening to him, like, listening to his interviews. He interviews big, successful people and authors, and he talks a lot about what he does. And he had one episode that was called um, Becoming Superman or something like that. It was based off of a book by a similar title. Yeah, I was to say that sounds the rise better. of Superman. That's yeah. what it was, and it was based off the book, The Rise of Superman. So he was interviewing the author, and they were talking about flow states. And this episode was like the most valuable thing to me that I've listened to it probably a good ten times over. Whereas the rest of his stuff, I, I'll listen to it once. I'll take what I need, and then that's. But I felt like there was so much packed into this one episode, and they talked about flow states. Which if you ever watched like cheesy hacker movies. <laughs> You know, when you see the coders up and they're like they have that montage where they're up for like three days straight, just doing nothing but pounding Red Bull and like eating Doritos and coding all that kind of stuff. Like that's your flow state when you're in the zone, when you are so like almost tunnel visioned in and they got into a lot of the science behind it. Now, I haven't gotten a chance to read the book yet. It's on my to do list. I just I haven't had the funding to buy the books, (laughs) but it's, it's up there on my I'm going to get this book. I'm going to go through it because it. I feel like it's so important. So he touched on the fact that, you know, we have in the creative industry, you get into these moments of flow where you're in the zone. And I've had those days where I feel like I am the most productive human being on the planet. And I'm my brain's like, I need to do this all the time. But you almost don't know how you got there. So it's really hard to get back there. And they talk about it's a four step process. Step one is like surrounding yourself with whatever the issue is, whatever it is you're trying to learn. So like if you're trying to learn how to edit, like watch content, read books, whatever it is that you're doing and just like drive yourself almost mad with how much you're consuming as far as like learning. Step two is to immediately step away and do something entirely unrelated to what you're trying to do. So if you're trying to like figure out a problem, that's probably a better metaphor to be simple. Like you're trying to figure out, um, you know, what number three across is on your crossword puzzle and you're racking your brain and you're almost at the point where you just want to light the thing on fire and throw it in a dumpster. And you're like, I can't do this. So you walk away, you go and take a shower. And while you're in the shower, like putting the shampoo in your hair, you're like, oh, no, I know what it is. And that's why is because your brain has two different types of processing. You have conscious and subconscious. Conscious processing is what we do when we're actively learning. Like you're reading a book about um, how sports casting works, for example, uh, just to pertain to you. And you're reading it and you're reading and you finally like you're at the point of like, I can't 
do this. I can't be involved in this anymore right now. I'm, I'm about to lose my mind. I need to do something else. You take a step away and then it moves from conscious processing into subconscious processing. And the brain is an incredible tool for that. Oh yeah. As soon as it drops into subconscious processing, it'll kick it right around. And all of a sudden, boom, there you go. So that's step two is walk away, walk away from it and do something that has nothing to do with it. He did specify you can't watch TV for this. Be, or probably also play video games. I'm not sure. But he said there's something with the way that television affects the brain that it won't allow it to process subconsciously. So he sense. said he said reading is it's iffy as to whether or not that will help. Yeah. He said it works for him. So he would say it probably is fine. You, you almost have to do something that can is productive, but you're not learning anything from it. Like for me, this something is, that keeps you physically busy this is on a a not intensive scale for me this is like the stage where like like if i'm for uh, i'm editing a podcast and i'm just like i'm so i need to i need to walk away from it this is like the point point for me where i go i'll go do some laundry or i'll go make myself some lunch or i'll go walk my dog something like that because it's like i'm not learning anything from this but that's where i get it because like like you said with watching like this is the mistake that a lot of people make is they do this and they get to Okay, I'm now gonna go play six hours of Fortnite, <laughs> or, I'm or I'm gonna, gonna go, go sit down and go binge, binge watch an entire series. Exactly, and like you and can't. It doesn't work. It's you really aren't being subconsciously productive at that point because it, the way that television engages the brain is weird. Yeah. Um, I've actually started recently walking because it's getting to be nice out, and I've been very concerned with my health lately. Not because anything has happened that I should be concerned, but because, I, I like I mentioned, I sit way too much at work. Yeah. Uh, I got a super neat fitness tracker that I'm going to do a review on at some point. And so I've been tracking my steps and trying to reach my 10,000 steps per day so that I can make sure that I'm still maintaining at least some level of activity during my day. I was very surprised, I guess, to find how few steps in a day I was actually getting. Because I used it for the first few days just to track where I was at. Yeah. But getting out and walking is a great way to step away from things for me. Because while I'm out walking, I have my phone on me in case I have a moment where I need to jot down a note. Yeah. But I'm not actively thinking, okay, what can I be doing right now? It kind of gives me a moment to break and be like, I can't do anything right now (laughs) except walk. All I need to do is just focus on walking. And I look around and I start just taking in the scenery and like actually breathing and feeling what air feels like. I it's, can't tell you how many eureka moments I've had walking my dog. Like, oh, I for sure. I can't tell you. And that's why is because you've removed yourself from yeah. it. Um, step three was flow. That's the moment you're you're all of a sudden everything comes to you and you're like, oh, my God, I understand the universe. There's like numbers and shit flying around your head. The, the way you always put this, it's like it's like a hacker in any movie. Yeah, like, basically. What? Yeah, it's like it's if you've perfect. seen uh, Swordfish, it's like that scene when Hugh Jackman is at like the six oh, screens and he's just like dancing to the music and drinking wine and like program that that is flow like great. And then so then I'll get into that. And one of the things that he had talked about in the podcast, the author of uh, The Rise of Superman was that he's like in a flow state, you can be five times as productive as you are normally. He's like, imagine going to work on Monday, being working your entire day in flow and then taking the rest of the week off. That's what this is like. And the life because of that (laughs) step four recovery is he's like this is the part people don't do is once that flow state comes down stop rest and then start the process over again he's like it's, he compared it to being hungover is what he was talking about he's like you know because after you've been drunk a few times you start to understand that okay i know when i wake up and i'm hungover like this is okay i understand i'm hungover my brain's not working properly i'm not thinking clearly i need to just forgive myself 
for not doing anything today and not worry about it. Yeah. Like, I'm going to think stupid things. I'm going to feel terrible. And that's just how today is going to go. It's very much like that when you come out of a flow state. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to need to rest. And a lot of these media companies, I feel, um, are just pushing their employees to try and constantly be in that state. Yeah. And you don't have the time to rest, to recuperate, to get back into it. And so I, I thought it was really really beneficial. He said a lot of people you find in the creative community that the suicide rates are significantly higher than they are in any other type of community. Yeah. Which is because I I shouldn't say any other type of community, but like then they are in a lot of other places. And that's because creatives get into the into flow, not knowing how they got there, not knowing what it is. And then you come off of it and it feels like the hand of God touched you for a moment and then stopped and you don't know why. Yeah. So now you feel like I've lost it. It's that moment of writer's block, I think, for a lot of authors, which is, I think, was a big thing a while back. Everyone was like, oh, I have writer's block. And eventually they're like, no, writer's block's not a thing, but whatever. Uh, It's that (laughs) kind of a moment. And so you feel terrible. And that ties in with like how with the Internet and people who haven't created things that are just consumers, content comes out so rapidly. And it's usually done by massive teams that put out this kind of rapid content. And we've gotten so used to instant gratification that we put too much pressure as consumers on creators to turn things out as frequently as possible. As someone who has experience with creating myself, I find that I'm a lot more forgiving with everyone that I follow. Mm -hmm. So uh, like Yumi is a content creator. She makes comics. Um, She does Fisheye Placebo, which is a amazingly drawn comic it is like the story is really involving it's it's so well written there's so much detail in the art and she was for a while doing like a comic page every few weeks and then stopped she's like i i need a break she took a three-year break jeez and went off and she created these headphones that have like cat ears on them (laughs) i don't know if you've seen those around but i feel like those are pretty cool that was a project she got to work on she did some other things and came back after three years and pretty much picked up where she left off. I mean, she gave an apology to her fan base. And I think it's it's interesting because you can see from some fan bases where people are understanding and where people are not. A great example of that actually is um, Bending the Ink Machine, developed yes. by the Meatly. They have a relatively small team. I want to say sub 20 people, like so that they have less than 20 people that work on it. They're an indie developer. They put their content out on Steam. And the Meatly is usually pretty good about communicating things with the public and letting yeah. them know what's going I've on with the game. I've noticed that as someone who looks from afar. And they finally launched a trailer like a week before it was supposed to come out that Benny and the Ink Machine Chapter 4 is dropping <coughs> April 28th. And everyone was like, oh my god, yes, finally. So I hadn't been paying attention to Twitter. I woke up April 28th and I was like, I'm going to go download the game. We're going to play it and it's going to be amazing. We didn't. Because I woke up and after I had that thought, noticed that it still wasn't available on Steam. And I went, uh-oh, oh, no. maybe it'll come up later. And then I went and checked the Meatly's Twitter feed, and he said, I am incredibly sorry to all of our fans, but due to a technical issue with Steam, we're unable to release the game until Monday. So 
you know, first off, he's apologizing for technical issues. I say he uh, because the Meatly is like one of the guys that they work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also the studio name. So like they're all very upset about the fact that they know this is going to piss off their fans. Uh-huh, yeah. Anytime you have to deliver bad news to the Internet, you may as well just prepare to be roasted. Yeah, you might as well just stick your head in a like, hornet's nest. Like, deliver the news and then get offline and go for a walk in the woods somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't look at your phone. I was surprised actually that – so on the Meatly's post – or on the, it was Benny and the Ink Machine game retweeted Meatly's post. And on the one that they retweeted, there were a lot of fans like, don't worry about it, guys. You've worked really hard. There's nothing you could do about it. It's an issue with Steam. Like, it sucks, but we've already waited this long. We can wait a few more days. Yep, the five good minutes of the internet. And then I went on to the uh, the Meatly's actual post and the comments there, like, <laughs> oh, it was a very strong back and forth because you had a majority of it, thankfully, was... You guys deserve to take a, a rest, go outside, see the world, like breathe. Don't immediately hop yourselves into chapter five. Like take a moment, breathe, relax. You deserve it. And then there were a few people that popped in and they were like, what the hell? Steam can't release games on weekends. Why don't you just release it today? It's a weekday because this was Friday when he tweeted. Yeah, yeah. And someone commented on that and like, how about you shut the fuck up and just <laughs> deal with waiting? Like, why don't you make something? Why don't you do it? That's like, my favorite. I liked that the community that really supports bendy was there for the meatly and for uh b-a-t-i-m game like their twitter accounts just to support and that's a huge thing because it it's everywhere you know people that are consumers it's i'm trying to think of a good analogy for it they're like the termites of the internet it's all they want to do is consume and when they can't consume they're upset about it yeah it's it's for a lack of term i don't know if you're just trying to avoid calling it but the, the parasites it's thank like, you thank you no i wasn't i, trying I didn't to know avoid if you were it. trying that's to just, avoid that so i was no like, that's oh, just it was i'll take the bullet completely slipped in my mind <laughs> and like i'm not gonna say that like everyone out there is like that but because they aren't they it's absolutely easy aren't. on the internet when especially when you're on like something like twitter and you have anonymity to hide behind it's very easy to attack people yeah. for things that are beyond their control or even things even if they said we feel like we have a few things we want to fix before it releases. It's going to come out Monday, not Friday. Then, you know, okay, I'm fine with that. Whatever. It's not like they're pushing it back six months, yeah, exactly. you know, it's a couple days. Like, but I feel like that they, they had a pretty good, uh, understanding in the community, Well, no, I think which it's was just, really nice. But I think it's like what you just said is just a matter of whenever I see people like that get dragged, like as someone who's now just start, like I still consider myself just starting out as a creative I have so much for what you just said. I have so much more appreciation for the people I follow. And for reasons like that is because I always say, whenever I see comments like that, like negative comments toward people whenever they have to delay something or they say like, I want, we want to improve it as best we can. Look, there are plenty of companies that lie about that. But for the ones that are legit and the ones like you follow and you know they're for real like that, I love it. I hate when I see people like trash them because I want to comment the same thing. Have you ever made something? Because it's it's always if the, you have, you have a different perspective. Exactly, on it. and it's it's one of those things. Like I feel, I never, I never trash any people like that anymore. Because because I have a perspective of I know what it's like just to friggin' create a podcast. I couldn't imagine what it's like creating an it's indie especially game. when you have um, people like Meatly is a great example that have already done things, have already shown you what they can do, and that they're not just all talk. Yeah, as opposed to things like. No Man's Sky got a lot of people <laughs> pissed. A lot of people pissed yeah. because they way over promised what Rightfully they could deliver on, which yeah. they had, you know, Peter Molyneux syndrome, essentially um, <laughs> yeah, way over promised, way over hyped. And then they delivered a subpar product and it which got pushed back. Better. It got pushed back a couple of times. 
and at first people were understanding, but then you just feel burnt as a fan yeah. when you were expecting something to deliver on a certain level and it, it doesn't at yeah. release. And like that was my whole point, what I just said earlier, is I want to say like like when I said like not every company is like that, I had No Man's Sky in mind. EA is another one that is always in mind. Oh. Like I'm saying with like with creators that you know have shown the work or at least shown the trust that you can trust them that they are gonna, they're here for their job to do their job, and they're not there to screw you out of your money. Like, I, it just blows my mind when you, when I see people comment on that and like attack people like that. Because it's like by now you should have, you should have under, you should by now know like at least that they're trustworthy at this point. A create like a creator, if a creator has been around like you said for Bendy and the Ink Machine, like they've been around for a while now. They should, you should know, and you should trust them. And like, like we've seen what they've done. We know the yeah. quality of their work, and we know that every time they release a new chapter, they overhaul the yeah. first ones that you already have, and you don't have to pay for that. Whereas No Man's Sky just popped up one day and was like, "Yeah, we're going to be the best game ever." Wait on that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm glad they were very excited, but there wasn't yes. enough communication. Excitement like, is good. If it was a, this is what we're aiming for, and we're gonna get as close as possible. I think if there was a better communication, it would have been better off. Which is another thing that, like, if you're a creator, make sure you're communicating with yes. people. That that would be my big thing. Um, make sure that you're letting people know, like, hey, I had something happen in the family today, so I'm not gonna have a video this week. I'm really sorry. But at least that way, people know you're not yeah. just like not doing things for whatever other reason and another thing don't feel like when situations like that happen don't feel like you can't be like that don't feel like you don't feel like you can't communicate something like that to your fans in the in the thing in the in the hopes that they will understand because most of them will and like yeah so like like we've always said like i've prefaced like the internet's an internet you never know what you're gonna get but like i've seen plenty of situations like that with being like with people who podcast who podcast for like 300 days straight never miss a day and then something happens in their family and they're like I need to take some time off. And it's just one of those things like don't ever feel like just because of how consistent you've been, how how strong your content's been lately, don't ever feel like you can't take that moment to be like, "Hey, I need a I need a minute. I need a second or I need I need at least a day here people." And don't yeah, be especially afraid because to communicate like that. you should have an understanding with your audience that you know, the people that if they get so pissed off that you're like, "Hey, I can't upload this week. I'm really sorry. Things have been even if it's just like you know, you feel really burnt out and you need to take a week to yourself to just kind of reflect and recuperate. You know, the people that understand that, that are really your fans are going to stay and be there for you. And the people that are like, oh, I'm so upset now. I'm I'm unsubscribing. You don't want that. In your community. You don't really need that in your community anyway. Like you need to be surrounded, surrounding yourself with as many fans that like appreciate you and the work that you do. That's what made it so easy for me when when Yumi took a three-year hiatus on the comic yeah I love her work she puts a lot of time and effort into not only writing the story and developing the characters but also the actual art that goes into it if you've seen one of her panels it's phenomenal I'm gonna have to know um well, I'll have to I'll have to bring it up after the podcast and show you because it's it's so good um, um oh, crap. but I just had a good thought Dang you it. know she went on on a hiatus and I was like, I don't care how long it takes her to come back as long as she comes back. Yeah. Because the story is kind of like in the middle and I don't trust anyone else with her story but her. And so I, I didn't want to like, oh, someone else can pick it up and take it from there. Like, no, I want I want Yumi. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that right. I want her working on this, but I understand that she's got a lot going on and has a lot of things she needs to do. Yeah. So 
And like, here's one of my things that I've, I've adopt like a motto I've adopted recently. Like you've, you've always heard that there's plenty of fish in the sea thing when it comes to like, when oh my God, it comes yeah. to like relationship. Here's the thing. I kind of feel like that saying means more sense with content creators in general, in the sense that there's more, there's always going to be more content creators out there for someone to find and, and good content to find. So there's always plenty of fish in the sea there, but it's always in the sense that, like we said, like when you have people like that who are just bashing you for taking time off, like there's plenty of fish in the sea, you know, there's plenty of, there's plenty of people who are going to find your content one day and find it enjoyable. And you don't, and like, that's kind of my whole thing is whenever you see people like that, don't, don't let it affect you too much. Don't, don't, sure. You can think about it. You can have a thought towards it, but don't let it eat you alive because it's just, there's plenty of fish in the sea out there for content creators. I feel like that should be, a, I feel like that should be a phrase that's applied more to content creators than it is to relationships at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something. So one of the things I want to say too that I wanted to bring up in this podcast, in case you're not going to go, I'm not here to promote the new man podcast. Like I don't know him personally, but I, I got a lot of really good stuff out of his content. And so there's a couple of things I wanted to bring from that and kind of give to you guys is, so the author had recommended if you have a, like an issue or a problem you're trying to solve and you want to see how the mind works with like flow states, his suggestion was to think on the problem, write the problem down. Like it, it, he said, there's something with the physical act of physically writing it on paper, pen on paper, write down what it is you want to know the answer to and then sleep on it for like six hours. So like a normal night's sleep, sleep on it overnight. And when you wake up in the morning, grab the pen and paper and start writing. Uh, I wonder what the answer to my question will be. And then just keep writing whatever nonsense. And all of a sudden, like something comes out of it and you have your answer. And he's like, I don't know why this works, but it does. He said, be careful with what you ask. <laughs> and now I'm paraphrasing a little bit. So don't, don't quote me on that. But that was the general idea of it. Now, I haven't actually physically written anything down, but I have made the mental notes to myself of certain, certain things that I'm facing as a content creator. So let me give you a little bit of a roundabout way of, of my explanation. So I've gotten some interesting opportunities lately that... It's strange how things change as time goes on and you start to feel like the opportunities that you have are just normal everyday things and like you're still waiting for those big opportunities to come. Uh, a good example of this is I had contacted you a few days ago that I got invited out to meet Boston Uprising. Yep. Um, it wasn't like they personally reached out to me, but I'm on their mailing list and they're doing an event for people on their mailing list. And I was like, yeah, I guess it's a big publicity stunt, whatever. That was my initial first thought. And but knowing that I could it allowed me to bring one guest and myself, they do check IDs and there's a specific time for it to be set up. And they're only going to be out in Boston for a few days before going back to L.A. to compete in. Um, yeah. Was it round stage four of uh, Overwatch League? And I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of the Overwatch League right now. I haven't watched as much of it as I'd like to. But what the heck? I'll RSVP <laughs> yeah. and I can go. So like Jeff and I are going to go out and actually meet Boston Uprising. And I'm like, that is actually pretty cool because that's not something they offered to the general public. You had to already be on their mailing list in order for them. They verify like through email address when you register. Um, I was like, so that's that's pretty cool. I I feel like that is a, a more special thing than I'm giving it credit for. I'm like, yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's not a big deal. And it, it kind of is a big deal. Like it's something in the industry that I'm trying to get into. It gives me a chance to go down, not only meet them, but like 
get autographs, photographs, talk with them a little yeah, bit, even if it's, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to be able to sit down and give them a full interview. Like I would if, you yeah. know, if I had contacted them for an article for my website, but I could probably rattle off a few questions and then write a little bit about them yeah, exactly. and do something like that. And then also what has happened recently is I got, it's one of those things you never know who in your, your network is going to bring new opportunities. So I try and keep, my network's pretty vast, honestly. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's hard for me to go anywhere without running into somebody I know. And I generally keep pretty good terms with people. So I had got contacted by one of the friends we went to school with saying that one of his friends is trying to do a documentary about video games and wanted to know if I'd be interested in being on it. And I was like, I am always willing to help out other content creators. Yes, I would love to. And so we, we had, we've had two separate dates for interviews now. Um, one we did and it got like the basic gist of things and then he wanted to do a follow-up because he had some more questions in regards to things yeah, that yeah. i've talked about so they came back the other day and in my mind because it's like it's a film student project it's people that i know it's like oh yeah i mean it's, it's no big deal but on the other hand it's like i just had an opportunity to be interviewed by someone for a documentary that's being put together about video games like I'm pumped about it. Yeah. I'm very pleased now because I have to take a minute and step back and kind of look at what's going on. And one of the things that he brought up, this is how we tie back around. This is my my coming around is he had asked about one of the questions that was in the interview was, is this a full time job for you or is this just a side thing, a hobby that you're working on right now? And if it's if it's a hobby, do you want it to be a full time job? And I said, well, right now, what I'm doing with the I Dude Gamers, what we're doing with the I Dude Gamers is very like we're not getting paid for it. You know, uh, we I said there's a lot of people and that's a huge thing is we, they don't realize you need to provide value to your viewers first before they'll before anything. Yeah. Before riddling your website with advertisements and expecting that people will go there. You have to have content worth going there for. And I hate I told him I was like some people will do that. They'll build a website. They'll put all sorts of ads on it and then they'll make things very clickbaity. I don't like clickbait. I like things that are enticing, but when you you know that if you click on a link of something that I've written or that's on my site, you're gonna get you're gonna get what you went for, and you're not gonna be it's not gonna be a top ten list spread over eleven pages, and every page has a thousand ads. I don't want that user experience for the people I'm trying to provide content to. I said so. It's been difficult for me to try and find a business model that's going to work because I need more people to work with to make things more frequent so that we can be you know better off in the public eye both on social media and on our website and across the board. Yeah. And trying to do that, making sure these people are going to get paid somehow and, you know, compensated for their hard work because it is a lot of work without running a whole bunch of advertisements or selling out for, you know, we'll give you a good rating on this game if you pay us money. Like I want to be able to operate independently and I want to be able to make sure that people are getting paid what they're worth. And I want to make sure that the people that I'm working with don't feel like I'm pressuring them to put out a certain amount of content in a certain time frame. Like, I want to encourage people, not push them, is the thing. Exactly. Um, so I was like, it's been very hard for me to try and figure out how to do that because you can't offer people right off the bat like, hey, if you come and work for me, I can pay you a steady paycheck because I can't. I'm not getting a steady paycheck through this. All I can do is tell you, like, your efforts will eventually pay off because I have a rough idea of how to get things going. So I had kind of in the way of, you know, write down your question that you want answered with the whole flow processing. I was like, I need to know how I can make a legitimate business model that's going to help people who are helping me make sure that they get a paycheck, they get, you know, paid what they're worth and don't have to feel like they need to kill themselves to make it happen. 
I, and the way that I had phrased it in my head is just like trying to make sure that these people still can operate independently. They're not owned by me. I don't own their brands and how to make things work. And I woke up the next day I got to work and I went, Oh my God, I got it. And something sna- like clicked in my head and I went off on this huge like Evernote list. And I want to, f- I'll follow up on this later because it's something that I just started. I don't want to get too in detail right now. I'm going to give it a little while and see how it goes. If it's a viable business model for this kind of thing, then I would, I want to share it with my audience because I feel like, you know, like I, like we said before on this podcast, other people that are in the game industry are not my enemies. Yeah. We are all peers. And I feel like we need to help each other get from one level to another. And But this, what I'm working with right now is going to take some time to find where the holes and gaps in the system are, how to fill those so I can provide people with a clear and concise, here's how you do it, here's why it works, here's what it's going to take, and go from there. So I've, I've kind of gone off on a little bit of a tangent no, now, no. but basically that flow processing does work. And you need to understand that you need the time to rest in order to have the time to work. Anyone that's ever had a really long work week and called out sick middle of the week just because you need the time off, you're driving yourself nuts and you go back to work feeling refreshed the next day because you took some time to yourself. Maybe just like lays on the couch all day long and binge watch Lost in Space. I don't know. Cheetos out of your belly button. Right. (laughs) Sitting naked on a beanbag chair eating Cheetos. Just... Or sat around all day playing video games. Maybe you went for a hike. Like whatever it was that like now you feel rested, recuperated. You go back to work and you just got this new grasp on things. And you're you're okay with being back. And that's because you need the time to rest. And too many people don't understand that, whether it's media or not. Yeah. Um, I have a th- I have a thought with all this flow state stuff that I feel like we should that we should have brought it up in the first stage. And like with the whole writing something down, it tie, kind of ties into the whole writing something down, waking, sleeping on it the next day. What you could find from a lot of this is that your idea doesn't work. <laughs> like, oh, for sure. I've had I've had many many instances of what you're saying of the oh oh my god it's come to me and then realize come to me in the <laughs> sense that oh god this isn't gonna work. <laughs> that's actually one of the disclaimers that they dropped was be careful of what you ask for. Make sure it's something you want an answer to. Yes, because sometimes it's not the answer you want. And but that's my thing is like. I'm going into this whole like you from this, you could find something that you thought that you really wanted to do that you maybe didn't. Or maybe you'll find something that you really didn't want to do that you did. My whole point is that if that happens to you, don't take it as a sense of I'll never go back to this again because I lost. like you. If you have a great thought out there or you think you do and you do what we just said, put it put it to pen and paper, sleep on it. And the next day you realize it's all ruined. Don't take that as. As I'm never doing this process again because it's just going to make every process, every idea I have fail. No, some ideas work, some ideas don't. Use this as a way to find those ideas that do. If you, even if it's the, even if you think it's the dumbest thing in the world, put it to pen and paper and see. And there was that great Ben Franklin quote of "I haven't failed. I've only found a thousand ways that don't work." Yes, exactly. And I had we had talked about before how I have a habit of writing myself notes at work and leaving them on my computer so I get them the next day. And the day before I had this breakthrough moment, I had written myself a lengthy thing of like all those things that I said, how do I make sure that people that are coming to me don't have to depend on me for a paycheck? They can figure out like I can guide them and make sure that they're getting paid what they deserve to get paid for the work that they're putting in, make sure like all these things and do so without relying on ad dollars. That was my big thing because ad dollars only mean anything once you're at a level 
that your CPM is actually making an income. Yep. And we're not going to be there starting off. I was like, I need to see something that's going to give me an not an instant turnaround, but within the first few months, not years, not years and years of killing ourselves, making like burning out, trying to get somewhere. Because I wanted to bring um, our buddy Chris Piscopo on board. And I was like, do you want to write for my website? He said, D I hate to ask, but does it pay anything? And so that got me thinking of like, I need to find a way to make this work. Because if you get more than one person working on something for the same brand, then all of a sudden, you know, from going from just say if I was posting articles to my website by myself every day of the week, and then Chris joins and he takes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, and I take on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then occasionally we just like swap Sundays. Yeah. If we were to do something like that, all of a sudden, I'm still just as visible on the internet. It's still, we're in the public eye just as much, but now we're each doing half the work. Exactly. You bring on a couple more people and all of a sudden we're like, okay, I can post like twice a week and I don't have to worry about the brand not being as visible anymore. Exactly. Uh, because now I, now a lot of that stress has been taken off of us. And I was trying to find a way to make that happen without having to be like, I'm your boss. I'm going to tell you when, when to write, what to write about, what to review. Um, and I'm going to be the guy that decides whether or not you get paid and what you get paid. And it's going to be this much per article, this much, whatever it is. I was like, I need to find a way to do it. It needs to be something new. It needs to be an adaptive business model. And so I wrote down on my computer of like, I need to find a way to do all these things without using ads. And I was like, and the more research I do, the more I'm finding it's nearly impossible <laughs> to do. And the, the last thing I wrote was I'm not giving up now. And that was just it. Like, you're going to find ways that don't work. You're going to find a lot of ways that don't work. Don't let that get you down. Keep working at it. It's kind of um, Casey Neistat had, a, I forget the who the quote was from. I'll have to look it up. But the, I, actually, I'm going to look it up really quick because I don't want to misquote it. Oh, 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 real class, real fast. I'm just trying to make sure we don't have too much dead air. A little dead air is not too bad. But... Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah. It was a... Theodore Roosevelt quote, I believe. Let me uh, ba -ba -ba -bum -bum quote. There we go. I found it. So the quote goes, the reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. And Casey Neistat had brought that up because he's he is a total workhorse. He's a workaholic. He's an insane person that you should probably not aspire to ever be <laughs> yeah. because a normal human should not be working on this level. But he he does it. He makes it work. That's great for him. But it's kind of like Mike had said in his tweet, like people aspire to be like the people they love that are creators. And a lot of them are showing that they're glorifying the ridiculous work hours. The un, un, ridiculous unhealthy. Yeah the insanely unhealthy things that they do and it's it's not great like it's really i want to really be able isn't. to tell people like i found a way to do this and i only have to work a few days a week everything else kind of takes care of itself yeah and like it's like not even that just that like it'll open you up to do even more or try right. new things i want to make sure that the people that i'm surrounding myself with and hopefully i don't want to say working for me but the people i choose to work on these projects with are not going to get burnt out. They're going to feel like they're treated right and that, you know, they have the freedom and ability to rest when they need to rest, work when they need to work. And that we all have that mutual understanding of like, 
I think people get too lost in, oh, if I give my employees time to rest, they're never going to work again. Mm -hmm. There's a weird thing with the human mind that we assume that like everyone, you ask them what they'd rather be doing when they're at work and they're like, I'd rather be at home relaxing, watching whatever. I'd rather be laying out in the sun doing nothing. And there was an experiment done a while back where they basically gave people like a little beeper type device and it just had a, they're like, push this button whenever you're feeling most productive and when you're feeling like happily productive. And they found that despite the fact that everyone seems like they don't want to be at work, people feel most productive when they're at work because they're working on towards a goal with a team and it's structured. Yes. And people feel at their worst when they're doing nothing at home. So why is it that we feel like we have a desire to be doing nothing? Yeah. Doing nothing drives me nuts. So like I always feel like I have to be doing something, yep. but I also need to find the structure to it. Which so it's it's a, it's it's a hard balance to find because it's just it is it's the same way because like it's weird because I'm in the same way like for me video games for you are like obviously it's something you enjoy but it's obviously something that you're using as a way to show your interest for me video games has always been my way to decompress stress and to me do, playing video games to me is an idea of doing nothing. In a sense that, like, I'm just going to go sink a few hours into this game. But, like, there have been so many instances where I've had that moment where I'm, like, I'll be I'll be at work. Like, I worked a retail job for about uh, – a retail job at a hardware store for about eight months. And I hated it because I just – I hate – well, I hate retail and I also don't know anything about hardware. But you I – were really hating what you were doing. Exactly. But. I was hating what I was doing. But, like, I would go home and be like, God, I can't wait to go home and do nothing. I'd go and I'd sink three hours into NHL. And then I'm well, – See, here's – Here's so, the thing too, is video games actually emulate, they found that productivity of work yes. because you have specific rule sets, specific goals and tasks that you're oriented to do. Yes. And you're as you're accomplishing them, you feel that sense of I've done something mm -hmm. and you get that from work as well. You don't get that when you're sitting around like lazing about watching, like scrolling through Twitter on your, on your bed. Exactly. That's a better example actually, even than watching things. Cause I found I've enjoyed the time that I've spent watching certain shows because then you're in on the pop culture with everyone else and it helps social aspects yeah. of your life. But if you were, yeah, just say sitting around scrolling through your Facebook feed, you're, you think you want to be sitting at home scrolling through your Facebook feed rather than being at work. You're kidding yourself. Yeah. You'd rather be relaxed is the thing. And exactly. I think there's a good way to find a balance between it because it's I always thought that I was going to get into this point where I'm trying to make video games a viable career option for myself. And it was going to burn me out to the point where I hate video games. I don't want anything to do with them anymore. And that's not been the case, actually. I found that video games are the, the source of both my biggest stress points and my biggest relaxation points. And I find there's a very big difference for me when I'm playing a game because I feel like I have to re do a review on it and when I'm playing a game because I'm just relaxing and having a good time and I've started to find a better balance between it and I really noticed that when I was playing a game because I felt like I had to review it it wasn't so much that I was upset or stressed because of that game or because of video games in general it was kind of misdirected and what I was really stressed about was feeling like that pressure that I need to get this out because it needs to be done in a timely manner otherwise my audience is going to hate me and everyone's going to leave yeah and that was the thing. And imaginary pressure. Oh God. Yeah. The imaginary pressures. <laughs> it's back again. It yeah. Never fails. But you know, I'm starting to work, finally find my groove and kind of work into it. And I think over the next few months, I'm going to see, you know, whether the business model I'm thinking about trying to use is going to work or fall flat. And I'm prepared for the fact that it could totally fall flat. I'm excited enough about it right now to say that it probably won't. But again, if, if everything goes well, I want to bring you guys, the listeners, 
what I was able to do so that if you're trying to get into something similar, maybe it's not with video games, maybe it's with sports casting, you know, maybe it's with some, some other type of content that you'll be able to hopefully approach it with the same kind of mindset, the same kind of approach and make things work for you too. You know, I'd love to see the whole world that wants to be creators, be able to be creators. And that's all they have to worry about in life is doing what they want to do and bring to the world something that wasn't in the world before. You see, I think I think the biggest point that you hit on though was the whole idea of not feeling relaxed because it's it's very true. Is I just don't think you got to find that point of feeling relaxed, and I know that's difficult. I know it's difficult to say because I know exactly what it's like to just be sitting at a retail job, being on a cashier, being a cashier for six months, doing the same thing every day, and still sitting there being like, I don't feel relaxed right now. I feel I don't because for whatever reason, whether you feel like you're not doing enough or you feel like you're going to mess up. It's it, either way, you've got to find that point of being relaxed because it's the point is the point of be, the finding that point of best productivity is relaxing and just relaxing and take it as it is. And like, it's just one of those things like no one can really find it. It's hard. Well, no, no, I shouldn't say that. It's not that no one can really find it. It's just that it's so hard to find because it could be hidden in many other things. It could be hidden in the productivity of work. It could be hidden in the productivity of what you're doing. And like, I just think that's a really cool message to, well, an important message to convey is that find the point where you're relaxed. You need to be like, get relaxed because yes, there is, there is such thing as good stress, but it's usually the good stress usually just adds up to bad stress. So find the point of relaxation because that's where you're going to find that flow state. In my opinion, in my personal opinion, that's where I feel like you're going to find that flow state is when you're in that relaxed state and knowing that I'm in my own world now. Yeah. It's definitely like kind of working on getting, getting to that point where you're just kind of chilled out. It's like if you're trying to play darts, but you're too like shaky because you're worried you're going to miss it. Now you're gonna because now yeah. you're shaky and you're too worried about it. You have to find that good point of being like, you know what? It's not a huge deal if I miss. And, you know, in that state, all of a sudden you're like nailing bullseyes like you're Robin Hood. Yeah. And everything's going all right. What I think ties into the stress, too, isn't so much just just the pressure of, you know, your audience and whatnot. I think that I I used to hear a lot. I think we all used to hear a lot about FOMO, fear of missing out. And it was a big thing with why people were so addicted to social media, why people constantly incessantly check their Twitter, their Facebook. They were afraid they were going to miss out on something. And I feel like I never really had it as a consumer or as a consumer of media. I never thought like, oh, my God, I have to check Facebook. What if something's going on and I'm not know? I don't know about it. Yeah. I never felt that way with Facebook or Twitter or any social media that I've been a part of. What I find now is I'm getting a similar like a similar kind of thing with FOMO, but it's not, it's fear of me missing out on like giving content to the world. It's fear of me, like a story, a news story breaks when God of war announced that they broke 3.1 million copies in the first three days. I was like, Oh man, I really want to write a story about this. And then I, I got through writing the story and I was like, I need to finish this later because there's a few more things I need to add, but I need to check on things. Yeah. And my thing was, Oh, but I need to get it out now. Otherwise, someone else is going to get to the story. Like a few people already had. Obviously, I am not by any means the breaking edge, like the cutting edge <laughs> of breaking news when it comes to games. Yeah, a story comes out, and I'll follow it up like a little while after it happens. But I caught this when Sony tweeted it, and I was like, "All right, I'm going to not worry about it till I get home from work." And I'm sitting at work, and all of a sudden, like Polygon posts it, and another like Gamespot posts about it, Forbes posts about it. And I'm like, "No, I'm I'm losing it." And, and it was one of those things like I'm going to miss out on my opportunity to write it. Yeah. And I kind of had to settle myself down and be like, look, 
you're not Forbes. You're not Polygon. You can still write this when you get home as long as it's not next week. Exactly. If you cover this in the next couple of days, consider it great. Consider that a win for you. Like you still put it out there. The people that are following you will still know about it. And that that helped me out a lot. So that was super nice. Uh, the last thing I really want to touch on before we wrap for today uh, is for those of you that are interested in flow and that are interested in learning a little bit more about yourself, there's a website called flowgenomeproject.com. Uh, I'll put the link down under external links in the description if you want to just go down there and click on that. And they have a quiz you can take, which asks you questions about your attitude, your personality, and just, you know, be honest, go through and answer them. And they they can categorize you into one of, I think, four different types of creative people. And going through that, getting my results and kind of reading it, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not like your, your horoscope for things where it's like, oh, here's this is uh, everything that you need to do in life to be successful. But it, it does help you understand a little bit about your personality. You know, it's developed by people who have an understanding of the human mind and how it works and different personality traits, things that do and don't work for different people. And I'm not going to lie to you. Like I took it, <clears throat> I got my results. They have a free PDF book thing that you can download that tells you about the different types, um, the different types of people and that gives you tips for your particular personality type. That was useful. Uh, I did sign up for the mailing list. I don't recommend just because after that, it kind of gets into one of those like, hey, buy our product, <laughs> which I understand it's a marketing thing. If you're interested in legitimately buying the product, go for it. I just, I'm not. I just wanted to learn a little bit more about myself. That's what I did. And it was really helpful, actually. It's a little bit eye-opening because sometimes you need to take a perspective from someone who has no emotional investment in you which is why I've actually been thinking about going to talk to a therapist at some point, not because I'm losing my mind, but because I need great. to get input from someone who has no emotional investment in me, but also understands the way the human mind works. As someone who has recently started going to a therapist, um, it was one of those, it was the same thing for me. Like for the longest time, it was a matter of, I don't want to go to a therapist. because I'm not losing my mind, <laughs> but it eventually became a matter of what you just said is I, I'm one of those people that I bottle a lot of things up. It's just how I've always been. But it's I started talking to a therapist for that very reason, in the sense that I just want to go talk to someone who's not my friend, who's not not my mom, not my brother, not my girlfriend, like someone not emotionally invested in me because they're the ones that's going to give me a fresh perspective. And I don't need a good perspective. I don't right. need a bad perspective. I you just need, need the fresh, honesty. Yes, I need a, a fresh one. And as someone who has recently gotten into it, I only go once a month. So I've only gone like three times. But as someone from the first time, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore to now being like, I can't wait to go again. So it's, it is a very good thing. I would recommend it. At least try it. At least that, try And you're it. talking to people who get a, a kind of a broad perspective because they talk to more than one person. Yeah, you know, They're not just there for you. They, they talk to other people. So they kind of get a general understanding too. And, and they can kind of give you that feeling of like, okay, either I'm saying this and this is totally new to my therapist and I'm a weirdo. Or, you know, they've heard this before, which is more likely the case. And they which can kind of tell you and help, you guide, help guide you through it. Yes. Now, I'm, I'm not here to sell you therapy. I'm not a therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that I've been thinking about it because I think it would be beneficial for me. Want to get into meditation? Oh, God, do I. I, I really, I'm like dead so, to serious. To be completely I, honest, I do. I very much There's, do. Like between meditation and exercise, like those are the two big things I want to work on. Because when I was eating better, when I was more physically active – 
And when I took time to sit down and do breathing exercises, I was in a very different place. Yeah. Um, and I also found that I was a lot more relaxed, a lot more calm, even in areas of high stress. And I pride myself even now on being able to work in conditions of high pressure, high stress, and not lose my cool over it. Yeah. You know, I spent time working at Dunkin' Donuts where <laughs> in New England. You want to talk about imaginary pressures. <laughs> like every, everyone is on you all the time to do all every like I had to work in a situation where I was working with two other people in an afternoon shift. It got super busy while I was on break. And I came was on my way back from break. One of my coworkers threw her uniform on the floor and went F this, I quit and walked out on me. And the only other employee I had was a new girl. <laughs> and we have a drive line backed up into the road and people at the counter and everyone's like, what's going on? There's people at the window screaming like, where's my order? And I'm like, so I, I legitimately, again, with open communication, <laughs> I went on the headset and I was like, I will be with you as soon as I can. And I went to the window and the person who was really upset, I was like, we, I just had one of my only other employees walk out on me. I apologize. It's going to be just a second. I'm going to have to confirm with you what you had. And having that open communication, like you could see like the piss drain out of people. <laughs> it was, which was great. Um, just because they come up to the window and they're furious because I've been waiting forever. And then I explain the situation and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was an asshole in the situation. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're kind of like, oh, no, was it, was it me? Ooh. And I'm like, look, I'm not here to blame anyone. I just want to let you know what's going on and why it's going to take me a little while to get to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And we managed to get through, like work through it. But I, I did the whole thing, like no stress whatsoever. I don't know why or how. It just I have those moments where under high pressure, I work incredibly well. For uh, for me, it was a, in, in high school. I was captain of the cross country, my cross country team. And we were we were brand new kind of we were we were a new team. And being captain, like there was a lot of like a put a lot of magic pressures on myself. But one of the things that we did every because for cross country, you're running that lunch. You have to train every day. One of the days every day, instead of running, we'd go and we do yoga and meditation. And that's how I first got into meditation and yoga. And it's for one of those things, like, it really helps. Because I, like I said, I've said in this podcast before, like, I have anxiety. I have, di like, diagnosed with it. And it's one of those things. That's something that's really helped my anxiety in the high-pressure situations, in high-stressful situations. Because me and you have been in high-pressure situations together, like, when we did the Rotary Club auction. And it's one of those things, like, even taking the f five minutes or five, not even, even taking 30 seconds to breathe just to sit back and breathe, it really can open your eyes. It can really calm you down. It's it's incredible. It's one of the things because I never believed in it. And just having even the little most little experiences that I've had with it, it's something that I really want to do again because of that. Because it can it it's something you can apply to so many different situations that it's such a skill to have. It's kind of interesting too, the way that I found because I, I've been both very lazy and very active at different points in my life. Yep. And the points in my life when I was very active, I slept less. I slept better when I did sleep. I was more active. My brain was going more frequently. And the times when I was lazy and I would sleep 12 hours a night and then you wake up and you still feel tired and you don't do anything and you feel like you you feel like you're looking at the world cross-eyed, like you can't see anything and you just think, oh, maybe if I have like a whole pot of coffee, I'll wake up. And you're just never quite awake. You're yeah. you're sleepwalking through your waking life essentially and so like getting active and that's i i said that was the last thing i wanted to touch on was the flow <laughs> thing yeah uh, i had one more thing that i thought about which was i started walking like last week when i really got kicked it into gear and was like i need to walk at, to try and get my ten thousand steps a day so i need to walk get up early enough to do a half an hour walk around my town before work 
and then come home and do another half an hour walk before I eat dinner. It has to happen. And what's funny to me, day one, easy, so easy. <laughs> day one, I think of anything you want to start is going to be amazing because oh. you're still riding that high of motivation. Day two <laughs> is the hardest you. day because you're not yet at a point where you've built it into habit and you don't have the motivation anymore. Maybe it's day three or four for you when this hits. For me, it's usually you, day you two. You have that yep. moment. I had it on day two. I went, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm really not that motivated to walk this morning. I'd really like to. I'll do it tomorrow. I ended up forcing myself to get up and do it anyway. Oh, thank you God, really yeah. have to. But it's it's weird because you think it's it's like the New Year's resolutions where you're like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going to do all these things. And I'm so amped about it right now. And then the next day, you January just don't care 2nd. anymore. Motivate, motivation and inspiration it's like bathing you should do it at least once a day yeah. you can't do it once and call it done <laughs> it's it's a little it's a little weird i think but. um i think i think yeah i think what we've what we just learned from these last 10 minutes is that me and you should maybe get in, get into meditation and get into get definitely into, yeah i feel like we should we'll we'll, we'll say it on this podcast now so that you all you guys can, gotta hold us to yeah it so thing. like Four podcasts later, you all can be like, hey, uh, how's that meditation thing going, assholes? Doesn't even have like, to be four podcasts. If you're <laughs> listening to this right now and you want to hop on Twitter and tweet at Gamers or uh, at MJ Watson. 713. 713. Uh, and just be like, hey, guys, how's the meditation going? Then, uh, you know, you're going to be holding us accountable. <laughs> Fuck. Look, I'll, my I'll my reaction's going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to look at it and go, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that's. Success. I mean, that's what I had for, for today. Yeah, I mean, rather successful episode because, I mean, letting you guys in a little bit behind the curtain. We, me and Josh were really feeling the, not burnt, like you said, not burnt out stage, but like just like pure exhaustion today. <laughs> I feel like I operate so frequently on a high level of either structure yeah. or just drive that to do certain things and to talk about certain things and network with people and like that when I have days off, and I have a few moments to rest. My, my brain starts to really take toll, take tally of what's going on in my body. All of a sudden, I'm like, I don't feel well. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, today was just because I ate garbage this morning and I hadn't really had any real food. But at the beginning of the podcast, I was like, this is going to be like a 10 minute podcast. I'm going to feel <laughs> so sick. I felt so sick. That was my um, thought. I was like, Ooh, this is not going to be a long one. I could feel it today. <laughs> uh, and then once I started getting going, I just completely forgot about how I was feeling yeah. and it just dropped right into it. And I feel fantastic right yeah. now. Yeah, I feel great right now. Cause it's funny. Cause like I had that minute with my own podcast earlier. Cause we record my podcast before we record this one. And I go, I usually go for like an hour now, but I, I got to like the 30 minute mark today and I was just, I just had a moment of, I don't want to do this anymore. It's, like, I want to stop talking right it's now. It's crazy. And like, naturally I did. I obviously kept going, but like, it's like, I, before we started this podcast, I was, I was like thinking, I was like, eh, Josh, uh, I was thinking we'll maybe get to 20 minutes today and look at, look at us now. So here we are. We've, we've broken our one hour for the day. Yeah. As, and I feel uh, great as usual and we didn't have any guests this week i don't have anyone yet lined up for next week but it's next no, week no worries next week i actually wanted to bring you guys the listeners um a list we've been talking a lot on this podcast about different struggles we're going through and different ways to cope with those and one of the things that i also want to be able to do on this podcast is bring you tools and resources that you can use as new creators starting out so i think it's going to be a little generalized with media content creation next week to free tools that we've found and used that you can also use. Some of them will probably be like, oh, dear, I know about that. But I'm hoping we'll be able to put together a few that 
some of you guys haven't heard of. Maybe it's something new to you. Some of you may even not have thought of. Yeah, some of you may not have even thought of. Because I've I found out about a few things these last few weeks that I'm like, oh, that that's a thing that's free that you can use. Okay, I didn't know about that. And it, it's changed the way that I work on certain things. So I feel like we if we compile a list and bring it to you guys, that there are going to be some people out there that are going to find that incredibly beneficial. So that's my goal for for us for next week. And that's all I've got. Yeah. It's been a very good, uh, I want to say in retrospect, May the 4th be with you. The uh, May the 4th was you know last week, obviously. but And happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy free comic book day. I hope everyone got out. I went out this morning and got so many free comic books. It was good. We, we hit all the comic shops in our area. And now I've got a sweet stack of things to read. So... But as usual, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget, to, if you want to check us out on social media, uh, Watson and I have all of our social links down in the description below. Don't forget to check out the uh, Flow Genome Project, also linked down there. You got our podcast on any platform you want it on. We're on Podbean, TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio now. So if, you know, if you're hearing this somewhere and you're like, man, this is not my native podcasting app, I want to go somewhere else, then... We have options for you guys. That's what we're here for. We're I want to make sure that options. the message is free. I just want to make sure it reaches the people it needs to reach, you know? Oh, what a great ending. I cut and, it right now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm ending on a high note. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you again next Tuesday for another episode of AV Underground. See Until ya. then, keep creating, try not to get burnt out, and we'll see you then. AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? Send us an email at yadudegamers at gmail.com with the subject line, Ask AV Underground, and we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Watson and Josh Needham, and is produced by Josh Needham.